0: Welcome to Sound Solutions, a series of free audio tapes produced by Braille Institute of America. The tape you are listening to and all the others in the series provide practical information to adults and their families who are dealing with sight loss. The professional staff and many of the students at Braille Institute collaborated to provide the information, tips, and practical solutions to living life independently in spite of sight loss. As you listen to No Frills Daily Skills, think about the ways you can apply the techniques to master each of the daily living skills presented. For this tape, we've employed the wisdom of a genie to help teach these skills. You see, even a wish for independence may take some practice. Remember that the goal is to discover ways to live life as independently as possible. We know you can do it.
1: janet and i know nobody's going to believe me when i tell them what happened to me so i haven't told anybody but i've got to make a record of it it's really twilight zone stuff but it actually happened it all started about six months ago when my friend helen brought me this weird old thing she picked up at a garage sale
2: jan jan look look what
1: i brought for you you're just gonna love it (laughs) look (laughs) me oh Man, I'm sorry. I I forgot. I <laughs> huh, Helen, you know, don't be silly. I'm just I'm being a brat. And you know, you can say words like see and look. Really doesn't bother me. I know I'm blind. I was just teasing you. <laughs> okay. Well, but anyway, it, it was only a buck. And and I know you love strange old tchotchkes like this. And I just couldn't resist it. Here, feel it. What is it? it- Feels like an old oil lamp or something. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's empty, and it looks really old.
0: Hey, maybe there's a genie in it. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> maybe he could grant my wish to have my eyesight back. How about that? <laughs> Just hope he doesn't talk like Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I got to run, Janet. Um, Enjoy it. Um, uh, Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Helen. I love it. And uh, I'll see you later, okay? Yeah. I'll call you. Okay. Bye. So... There I was with this beat-up antique lamp. Another piece of junk for Janet. (laughs) I wish I could tell Helen in a nice way not to bring me this stuff anymore. She's a good friend, but I couldn't see where to put it, and it was hard enough to get around in my apartment without new things to knock over. I stood there for a few minutes, feeling the lamp, and trying to get a picture in my mind of what it looked like. It actually felt interesting... There was lots of details on the sides, curlicues and loops and all kinds of decoration. And it had a top that was firmly attached and couldn't be opened, and a long spout so that it was more like a teapot than what you'd imagine a lamp to be like. At the back was a curved handle, and as I held it rubbing my fingers over the ornamentation, it began to feel strangely warm.
2: Oh, little mistress of the universe. Thank, Thank you for freeing me from my prison.
1: Uh, what? What's happening? Um, who are you? And and how did you get in here?
2: Ah, I perceive that you cannot see me. Well... Do not be afraid, oh mistress. Allow me to introduce myself. I am your slave, the genie of the lamp.
1: Oh, right. keeping <laughs>
2: with tradition, I am compelled to grant you one wish before I become completely
1: free. Whoa. Uh, a genie? <laughs> Okay, I'm dreaming. Okay, this is not happening.
2: Ah, but it is, oh little mistress. This is no dream of genie. Oh, God. I must indeed grant you one wish. But, I am sorry to say, it cannot be to restore your eyesight. Alas, that is beyond my poor power.
1: Yeah, well, I might have known there'd be a
2: catch to this.
1: Hey, and say, you know, what's about this one wish thing, okay? I thought you guys had to, like, grant three wishes. This
2: is true of most of the djinn. Jean. genie. Jeannie, but I was on exceptionally good terms with the great Suleiman, so... He allowed me the necessity of granting only one wish to obtain my freedom when he imprisoned me centuries ago. Besides, that three-wish business came later, a result of inflation.
1: Well, you don't sound like Robin Williams, or Barbara Eden, either. But if you are a real genie, my one wish is to have what I need most, if I can't have new eyes.
2: And what is that, old little mistress?
1: Well, first, and, and this is not the official wish... Could you knock off the little mistress stuff, okay? My name is Janet.
2: Of course, oh Janet, as you desire. I merely wish to show proper respect.
1: Thank you. Now, I wish things were easier for me. Since my eyesight got worse, I can't find anything or do anything without a lot of trouble. And you now all the little things to do around the house are now big deals. And I, I hate depending on other people. I'd like to be very independent again. It's very frustrating.
2: I understand, oh Janet. I've had many years in which to accumulate a host of excellent techniques for you to learn that will make your life much easier. Although I cannot restore your sight, I can show you how to change your reality and learn to rely on yourself once more.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, if you've been cooped up in a lamp for hundreds of years, how can you know how things are today?
2: The laws of space and time are not absolute. Inside the lamp, I live in spacious quarters, with access to the outside world through the Internet. I know everything that occurs in the outside world.
1: You have Internet access?
2: But of course, all the gin are now online. Gene. Oh, Gene, sorry. You can send me email at alhasred at aladdin.com. Or you could have before I was released, for which praise be upon thy name.
1: Well, okay. Um, if you can teach me stuff I need to know, let's start with the telephone. Before my eyesight went south, using the phone was never a problem. Now, I can't even make out the numbers. It is very
2: simple. Thanks to the principle of consistency that your ingenious machine of communication employs.
1: Uh, Say what?
2: I mean that the keypads on all telephones are exactly the same. All that is required is a bit of memorization. For instance, there are always only four rows of numbers down and three rows across. The numbers 1, 2, and 3 are located on the top row across. The numbers 4, 5, and 6 are located across the second row. The third row contains 7, 8, and 9. And the final row displays what they call the star. Apparently because no one can remember the word asterisk. <laughs> Next to the star is the zero, which great thinkers in my land invented, by the way. And on the right is the pound sign, as it is called. Although it is more frequently used elsewhere to indicate number.
1: Wow. When you explain it, it it seems pretty simple, Jeannie. Well, it is.
2: You merely need to practice learning where each number is by memorizing the keyboard. If you are right-handed, you can use your index finger for the first row. Your middle finger... For the center row and your ring finger for the, for the third, third row. row. <gasps> you can apply a dot of raised paint or fingernail polish to the five to help you locate it in a hurry okay. as it is in the exact center of the first three rows. You can then use four, five, six as your home row to orient yourself each time.
1: Thanks, Jeannie. Gosh, now I can talk on the phone again without stressing out and didn't I hear that the phone company also offers free directory assistance? I mean, obviously, I can't use a phone book. Well, most
2: major phone companies do offer this service, and others as well, for blind customers. Some companies are now even offering to send your monthly bills in large print. You have to call your phone company and ask what services they provide.
1: Say, um, all this is making me hungry. Can can I fix you something to eat, Jeannie? Uh, it won't be pretty though. Oh,
2: thank you. No, Janet. I do not require nourishment as mere mortals do, as I am able to extract energy from the universe around me.
1: Oh, well, then maybe you can help me in the kitchen. I have trouble eating now, you know, finding where stuff is, dropping food, spilling things. But of course,
2: I could teach you how to feel mortal either in your own kitchen at your own table, or in a restaurant.
1: Hey, you know, that would be wonderful. All right.
2: First, you need to use your hands to make yourself aware of what is around you. There is a technique called trailing, which is one of the most important skills you can learn to maintain your orientation without sight.
1: Trailing. Okay, how do I do that? All right.
2: Merely extend one of your arms in front of you. Okay. Bend your elbows slightly and curl your fingers into a cupped position, knuckles out. Okay. Now, as you approach your kitchen table, trail your fingers until you locate the edge of the table. Now, trail your fingers until you position yourself properly in relation to the table. Yes, yes. That is good. Now, locate your chair and place one hand on the back of it. Okay. Feel the size and shape of it. Feel the seat. This will tell you whether it is clean or not, and also give you an idea of how soft or hard it is. Now, pull the chair out. Good. Now sit down and get comfortable. Get used to leaning forward slightly, so that it will be harder to drop a piece of food into your lap or on the floor.
1: This is great stuff. I I can practice all these things here until I feel confident enough to go out to a restaurant.
2: Exactly. Now... Use the trailing technique to locate your plate. As your telephone directory likes to say, let your fingers do the walking. <laughs> Slowly explore all around you, fingers together and slightly cupped. you learn to locate everything on the table in relationship to your plate. <laughs> Begin by trailing your hand along the top of the table to find your napkin and utensils. Okay. Remember to keep your fingers curled and down on the table so you don't knock over a glass. Okay. Yes, that's it. You can practice this trailing technique with empty plates and glasses until it seems natural to you. You can use trailing throughout your meal together with your memory. My memory. Yes, you'll find it a great help when you train your mind to remember where each item is located on the table.
1: Hmm. Alright,
2: now let's practice a few cutting and eating techniques.
1: Okay. With a few
2: table skills, you won't feel that each meal is a challenge, but rather a pleasure. That would be very cool. <laughs> I failed to see what the temperature has to do with it, but uh, anyway, in order to practice these techniques, we need Some food.
1: Oh, right. I'll get
2: some. Ah, do not trouble yourself. This is a thing I can do very well. I merely clap my hands. And (laughs) lo, food appears on the table.
1: Whoa, fantastic. Oh, it smells great. Yes,
2: good. Now imagine that your plate is in the face of one of your timepieces. This is called clock face orientation. Let's say the carrots are at the top in the 12 o'clock position. Potatoes are at 2 p.m. Beans are at ten PM. Your meat should always be closest to you at the six PM position, because it is the most difficult food to deal with.
1: Well, that's good if I prepare the food myself, Jeannie, but what if what if I'm out in a restaurant and don't know what's where on my plate? You can use your
2: other senses, O oh Janet. Your sense of smell may tell you, or you may take a small taste of each food and remember where it came from. Or you can ask a person you may be eating with to describe where each food is located.
1: Okay. Okay, but how do I keep stuff from falling off my fork? Especially food like beans and peas. Aha!
2: You can use the pusher method for this. Simply use a roll, a piece of bread, or a cracker to push your food onto your fork. You can also push your food in a clockwise direction toward the center of the plate as you eat. This will help prevent food from falling off your plate onto the table or your lap.
1: Got it. Okay, now, what about that troublesome meat you mentioned?
2: The European method of cutting meat is the one to use. A little practice, and you will quickly pick it up. If you are right-handed... I am. Then pick up the fork with your left hand. Tines pointed down. The handle should rest in the palm of your hand. While your index finger slides down the back of the fork, resting on the curve above the tines. Uh Then pick up your knife with your right hand. With the back of the fork, locate the left edge of the meat. Use your right index finger to trail in about a half inch into the meat.
1: Okay. Then,
2: pierce it with your fork. Uh Rest your knife against the backside of the fork and slice the meat until you hear the knife contact the plate. Okay. You'll find it helpful to visualize the changing shape of the meat as you eat it.
1: Won't that be hard to do?
2: Not with practice. But if you need help visualizing, you can gently move your knife around the edges of the remaining portion of meat as you
1: eat. Oh, that's good. That's good. But what about other kinds of food, like like cereal or salads or soup? All
2: these foods have their own techniques. For example, to measure the amount of milk you pour into your cereal, rest your hand halfway over the bowl with your palm down. As the milk is poured... The cereal will rise and touch your hand. Ah!
1: That's clever! Okay, okay, what about oatmeal? I like oatmeal.
2: Merely place your index fingertip along the inside edge of the bowl. This will enable you to feel the milk rise, and it won't overflow.
1: Okay, that's cool. Now, what about salad? I eat a lot of salad, but sometimes it spills out of the bowl.
2: Well, for salad, cup your hand around the bowl so that your first two fingers are above the edge to act as a guard against spilling. If the salad is on a plate, use your index finger and thumb as a guard. If you still have a problem with salad, try cutting it into smaller pieces, rotating the bowl as you cut. If you're in a restaurant, order the dressing on the side, so you can control the amount you need. You may even want to dip each bite into the dressing, but... Remember to lean forward over your plate as you eat, so the dressing will not drip on you.
1: Right. Okay. How about soup? Oh, soup.
2: With soup, you should scoop <laughs> each spoonful away from you instead of towards you. This will keep it from spilling out. Oh. Place the bowl near the edge of the table, and again, keep your head over the bowl as you eat.
1: You are too much. <laughs> I have even got a trick for spaghetti. Actually,
2: No. Spaghetti is a nuisance even for sighted people. (laughs) The best thing is to ask for a different kind of pasta that is easier to eat, such as penne or mustachio. Most restaurants have other pasta on hand and will be happy to substitute for you.
1: Well, that makes sense. Okay, now here's something I've already discovered. With coffee or tea, it's easier to use sugar cubes than packets or spoons. Precisely.
2: But now, why don't you go ahead and eat before all of this food gets cold? I will observe and see how well you do.
1: Oh, great. Nothing like making me feel self-conscious here, Jeannie.
2: Do not worry, old Janet. I am not here to judge you. Merely to help you. Enjoy your repast.
1: Okay. Wow. That was delicious. Can I keep you as my cook?
2: Only as long as you need me to teach you independent living skills. Then you must allow me my freedom. That is our bargain.
1: Hey, hey there, genie. I was just kidding. Don't genies have a sense of humor? Oh, yes,
2: but not one that is usually appreciated by mortals. For instance, one of my brothers was asked by his master, I wish you'd make me a drink. The surprised mortal spent the rest of his earthly existence as a dry martini. (laughs)
1: Okay, then I guess I'd better be very careful what I wish for.
2: Normally, that is excellent advice. But in your case, there is no problem, as you only have one wish, which I am in the process of fulfilling. And now that you have eaten and you did so very well, Hmm, let us move on to the other practical skills in the home.
1: Okay. I always like to brush my teeth after eating. Got any tips for that one?
2: Certainly. This will give us a chance for me to act as a sighted guide for you. You may need some assistance from time to time when you're away from home. Here, take my arm. Just above the elbow, with your fingers on the inside, near my waist, and your thumb on the outside. Okay,
1: like like this? Excellent.
2: Firm, but not too tight. Okay. Now, let's go into your bathroom.
1: Okay. Now, to start with, I always know where my toothbrush is, since I'm the only one here, and I always put it back in the same
2: holder. That's a good idea with everything you own, and especially toothpaste. You want to be sure that what you squeeze out is really toothpaste and not shampoo or medicine. Oh, yes. (laughs) The best way to make sure you have toothpaste is to use your sense of smell. Most toothpastes have a minty smell. Mm -hmm. Or you can mark the tube with a dot of raised paint. Then, if you need to, you can squeeze a bit of toothpaste onto your finger and then transfer it to the toothbrush. Hold the handle near the bristles and extend your index finger along the side of the toothbrush to act as a guide when you apply the toothpaste.
1: Okay, sounds good Say, um, while we're in here How about a few grooming tips? Alright
2: Your most important sense with grooming Is your sense of touch Okay You can tell when your hair is brushed enough By how it feels It fluffs out If you apply a base foundation to your face you learn to tell the areas that haven't been covered By feel also Use a small sponge or cotton ball to blend your makeup
1: Those are all good tips Thanks, Jeannie 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 Now, a little privacy, please, so I can use your tips to brush my teeth, and then we'll go back to the living room. I know what I want to ask you about next.
2: Of course.
1: Okay, now that we're back in the living room, how about showing me a safe method of plugging in power cords? They make me nervous.
2: No need for fear. As you probably know, Standard household cords have either two or three prongs. A two-prong plug almost always has one prong with a flared tip. Right. The second prong has a straight tip. Uh-huh. The side with the wider end is called the polarized side and is a safety feature to protect young children. The polarized side is always on the left. All newer outlets will match with the polarized opening on the left. Okay. You can easily feel the difference in the prongs.
1: Okay, what about the three-prong I you
2: can't say that fast four times. I
1: can't say it once, Jeannie. <laughs> mm.
2: Those have two flat plugs, and one beneath that is round and narrow. These are called grounded plugs. Appliances such as refrigerators, hair dryers, television sets, and so forth have this type of plug. If you do not have three prong outlets available, you can buy an adapter that converts a three prong plug into a two prong one. Oh. But these are not recommended. ...as they defeat the protective purpose of the plug. Okay. Now, to plug in a cord, you first need to mark the outlet with a high dot. High, high dots, dots are little dots made of sponge with an adhesive back. You can buy them at specialty stores or from mail order catalogs. Mount the high, high dot slightly above the outlet... ...and center it above the two openings, which you can feel safely. Okay. Next, to plug in the cord, you use what is called the thumbs-down approach.
1: Is that invented by Cisco and Ebert? Huh? Who? Okay, never mind. How does a thumbs-down approach work? All
2: right. Take the plug in your right hand. Using your sense of touch, locate the polarized prong of the plug. Make sure it is on the left. Now, place your left thumb on the high dot on the outlet. Continue to hold your thumb on the dot as you rotate your left hand clockwise until your thumb is facing down. Thus, thumbs down. Now, slide the plug along your thumb
1: mm-hmm. until
2: it reaches the openings of the outlet.
1: Ha! <laughs> Pretty neat. Say, while we're dealing with putting things into things, how about some tips on keys
2: and locks? Mm, certainly. First of all, you need to become familiar with all the different keys you use daily. Keep them on one key ring and feel their various shapes. If you have two keys that have similar shapes, you can put a rubber rim around one of them. Any key maker will do this for you, as it can be a bit difficult getting the rim on the key. Or you can stick a high dot on the key to identify it. Remember that mailbox keys are usually smaller than other keys.
1: Okay, now how about using them?
2: When you approach a door, use your sense of touch to locate the lock, which is usually either right above or right below the door handle. Find the indentation of the keyhole with your left index finger. Okay. Then take the key in your right hand and run it down your finger until it meets the keyhole. You should be able to slide the key in easily.
1: Oh, great. So now I can get in and out of here. <laughs> but can you show me how to get this place organized so I can find stuff when I need it, like clothes especially? Of
2: course. Despite the tortured syntax of your last sentence, you have mentioned a keyword word here. Organization. Right. To start with, you must develop the habit of always putting every object in the house in the same place all the time.
1: Yeah, uh, that's going to be a tough one. But
2: necessary.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, I can't see that. <laughs> Blind humor.
2: <laughs> I can dig it.
1: Okay. <laughs>
2: you will be very glad when you develop this habit. Organization, however, is only one element in the entire process. Here is a mnemonic device to help you.
1: Okay, what's a mnemonic device? Okay, does this sounds like it needs batteries or
2: something. No, 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 no. It's a special word to help you remember the different elements of the organization process. The word is stove, S-T-O-V-E, but it has nothing to do with your kitchen appliance. S is for your sense of touch, which plays a vital part in the process as you learn to distinguish the different types of fabrics by feel. T is for time, which you will save a great deal of by taking time to mark your items. (laughs) O is, of course, for organization. V is for visualization. When you learn to make a mental map of where you put things, it'll be easier to find them in the future. And E is for your environment. By becoming thoroughly familiar with every aspect of your apartment and where everything is located, you will minimize the chance of accidents and feel more at home here.
1: Stove. S-T-O-V-E. Huh. (laughs) Well, okay, um, how does all this work together?
2: You specifically inquired about clothing, so let us begin there. Okay. You should create your own system of labeling and marking your clothes, as this will make it easier for you to remember where things are. Uh You might want to prepare a master chart of what each label represents, either in large print or braille, as a convenient reference.
1: Okay, what can I use to do all this labeling and marking? There are
2: many inexpensive products available to help you. You already know about high dots. There is also a high mark liquid which dries to a raised surface. There are other adhesive dots that are clear and can be put on keyboards, telephone keypads, or appliance controls. For people with some vision, there are permanent marking pens that make a very dark, thick mark for leftovers or cans. You can buy one-inch high self-adhesive letters and numbers. You can also use nail polish to mark the tops of containers, such as pill bottles and the wide, polarized side of power plugs, as we discussed earlier. Some of these aids you may already possess such as nail polish, rubber bands, or safety pins. Others you can buy in stationary stores, or at special stores that sell adaptive equipment for people who are visually impaired. Oh. Many companies publish mail-order catalogs of these items.
1: That's amazing. I never realized there were so many different items to help blind
2: people. That's just the tip of the iceberg.
1: Okay, let's get back to the clothes. Indeed.
2: To begin with. There may be many articles of clothing that you no longer wear. So you can greatly simplify the process by giving them away to friends or thrift shops. The next step is to separate your garments into those for winter, spring, summer, and fall. If possible, store your off-season clothes in a separate closet. Your most frequently worn clothes should be the most accessible. So keep them in the front of your main closet or in the top drawers of your bureau. Got it. It is important to develop your own system of symbols to designate colors. Safety pins on the lapel or along the hemline are an excellent method. For example, a single vertical pin could stand for blue. A single horizontal pin could stand for black. Two pins crossed in an X could stand for brown. Two pins in a cross could stand for red, and so forth. Many combinations are possible for as many colors as you have.
1: I get it. It's very clever, and I've got lots of safety pins, so... (laughs)
2: Another system is to mark and hang clothes that go together. For example, everything that coordinates with beige, rust, or brown could be marked with one horizontal pin and hung together in the closet. Or if you know grade one Braille, you can obtain Braille labels to attach to your clothes. Or you can make your own tags with large, dark letters On them, such as B for brown, BL for black, W for white, and so forth. Okay. Such tags can also be attached to a hanger and used to divide groups of clothes of different colors. Or you can arrange colors alphabetically with black colors first, then blue, then brown, then coral, and so on. And there are still other methods of marking and labeling, but you will probably develop your own system, which could be a combination of all the available aids.
1: Okay, what about shoes and socks?
2: Well, you might want to keep your shoes in shoe boxes with index cards taped to the ends of the boxes. Oh. The cards could be marked with large print or raised print notes describing the shoes. Hmm. Or you could use clothespins to keep pairs of shoes together. Well, now, here's another trick. You can attach a plastic or cloth shoe holder to your closet door and then to differentiate between say, black and brown, Put one or two high dots on the inside edge of the heel.
1: Well, okay. Now, socks are trickier than shoes. How do you keep them together?
2: You can use the same method of labeling them by color as you do for other types of clothing. And they're inexpensive, small plastic connectors you can buy at variety stores that keep a pair of socks together in the wash. They look like little spectacles. Yeah. And you slip the dirty socks into the two round openings. Small clips keep them from slipping out even during washing and drying. And speaking of washing, here are a few tips on caring for your clothes. If you wash them more often, You have a smaller load to carry, and it will be easier to identify the items. If you spill something on your clothes, use cold water to wipe it off right away. Don't let the garment dry until the spot is out. You may have to have someone tell you whether or not the spot is gone. Mm -hmm. To prevent wrinkles, don't overload the washer. Use a fabric softener in the wash cycle and a fabric sheet in the dryer. Instead of completely drying your clothes in a dryer, shake them out... And hang them on a hanger. Hmm. To sum up, when identifying your clothing, remember again the word stove. Mm S-T-O-V-E. You may want to ask a friend or family member to help you get started, to help you sort and separate the different colors. You don't have to label everything at once. But if you work on it little by little, soon everything will be labeled. Got a lot of clothes. The Mm key is consistency. Experiment until you find one system that works for you. Then use it for everything in your apartment. When you get all your belongings marked and labeled, you will feel the tremendous satisfaction of being able to put your hands on anything almost instantly.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you, Jeannie. This is wonderful. And now that I'm going to be giving away some of my old clothes, I'll be able to buy a lot of new stuff. (laughs) Which reminds me, money. Okay, have you got a technique for identifying money? But of course...
2: It's just a method of learning to identify coins by touch, and paper money by the way it's folded.
1: Well, to start with, I know all my coins are different sizes, and each one has a different feel.
2: True, but at first, it may be a little difficult to tell a penny from a dime or a nickel from a quarter, as they are nearly the same size. The clue is to feel the edge with your fingernail. You'll find that dimes and quarters have a ridged edge. edge, and pennies and nickels have a smooth edge. Also... A dime is, of course, much thinner than a penny.
1: True. You know, I hadn't thought of that before. Okay, what about bills? There are several
2: different methods for this. But here is the one that is in wide use and easily learned. One dollar bills remain unfolded. Fold your five dollar bills in half. Fold your ten dollar bills in half, then half again. Oh. And twenty dollar bills are folded in half lengthwise.
1: What about hundreds? (laughs)
2: Well, if you have one, we'll figure that out later. (laughs) When you organize your wallet, place the ones against the back. The fives on the right side with the fold toward the center, the tens on the left side, and the twenties in a separate compartment. Or if you prefer, you can make up your own method. As long as you are, and here's the important word, consistent Consistent.
1: about it. (laughs) That's pretty neat. Okay, got any shopping tips for when I'm out in big, dark worlds? Certainly.
2: When purchasing something at a store... Use a denomination closest to the amount requested. It's helpful to say, out of ten or out of twenty, when you hand the clerk the bill. Then, when you get change back, ask for it in one dollar bills. This way you can count the number of bills and not rely on the clerk to always give you the right change.
1: Ah, good tip.
2: Or better yet, ask the clerk to count out the bills as he gives them to you.
1: Well, Jeannie, uh, I think that's about all I can take in for now. Thank you so much much You are wonderful and I wish I could keep you here with me
2: Oh it has been a great pleasure for me to serve you. I trust that now our bargain has been concluded and I may regain my freedom.
1: Oh yes, genie go and be free, be one with the wind and thank you so much for all your help
2: ho, ho, ho. Thank, thank you O little mistress Thank you for my freedom <laughs> at last after long centuries. Thank, thank you
1: <laughs> And that's how it happened. I know nobody's gonna believe me, but I don't care. And you know what? I think that genie gave me more freedom than I gave him. I don't feel scared anymore. I feel like I can make it now in this apartment. And like the song says, if I can make it here, I can make it anywhere.
0: You've been listening to No Frills Daily Skills, one of the audio tapes in the series, Sound Solutions. We hope you found the information helpful for you, your family, and friends. These tapes are available free of charge from Braille Institute, a private nonprofit organization committed to eliminating blindness and severe sight loss as a barrier to the fulfillment of life. Sound Solutions was made possible by the generosity of the H.N. and Francis Berger Foundation, the Fritz B. Burns Foundation, and from thousands of individuals. If you would like more information about anything you heard in this tape, about other tapes in the series, or about Braille Institute, please call our toll-free number, 1-800-BRAILLE. That's one 800 272 4553. Thank you for listening to Braille Institute's Sound Solutions.